Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson, and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Ask the Lord to speak to us today. Father, I just want to thank you for who you are. I thank you for... This opportunity, time that we can set aside to, to worship you. I, I just, man, I praise you, God. I'm so honored by everyone who, who got up this morning to come and, and to be here at City Hope, Lord. And, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just humbled. And I pray, God, that today would be beneficial to them, that they would walk out of here with, with a, a fresh uh, meeting with you, God. Speak to our hearts in a, in a new way, in a fresh way. Maybe it's been a long time. God, speak to us today like, like never before. Use the next few minutes of our lives to, to challenge us and to change us. In Jesus' name, amen. So every one of us, as God's children, is called to obedience. And uh, I want you to understand this. Like, you have a role. You have a role in the kingdom of God. Once we become a part of the family of God, the Bible calls us God's children, right? And we're God's children. But he calls us the body of Christ. Maybe that's something you've heard, the body of Christ. That comes from uh, Romans chapter 12. You don't have to turn in your Bible. It'll be here. It says, for, uh, Paul says, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should, Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of favor, or excuse me, a measure of faith to each one. Each one of us have our own measure of faith. Now listen to this. Now as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. What he's saying is every single person has a specific function within the body of Christ. I love how the, the, the Bible uses the human body. We have so many different parts that make us up, right? Um, when, when, when my ear isn't functioning the way it should, I know something's off, right? When, when some, you know, it, it's, it's hurting, uh, there's some pain here, maybe I can't hear very well. I know that something's off when the function of my ear isn't working. So what do I do? I go to the doctor, right? And I go to the doctor and I tell him what's going on and he examines it and he tells me the steps to improve improve your ear, right? And sometimes it's minor, maybe just, hey, you need some eardrops, right? And sometimes it's major, hey, we need to have some, some surgery here. There's some, there's some big issues. But, but regardless of whatever it is, the goal is to get my ear functioning the way it should, right? The goal is to get it the, the way it was designed to function. And when it's not functioning that way, you can feel that something is off. Our lives and our function within the body of Christ is exactly the same thing. When I'm not functioning the way that God designed me to function, I can feel that something's off. I can feel just there's, there's something out of whack. There, it's just not flowing the way it should. And you can just feel it. For some of you, that's where you sit today. Spiritually, you can tell something's off. I'm just, I'm just not really functioning. I feel like I'm designed for more. I feel like God wants a little bit more from me. And so how do I figure out when I'm spiritually off, how do I figure out what to do? How do I figure out where to go? What, what, what's the step that I need to take? Well, let me give you a starting point today. And it's pretty simple, honestly. It's start with Scripture. 
start with scripture. And the reason why I say this is because so many of us, when we feel like something's off, we, 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 we probably have good intentions, but we start with asking people. We start with asking friends. We start, you know, we, we take a poll on social media. We, we go to a group of people and we say, well, what do I do here? Well, what I, what I need to do when I feel like something's off and I just don't know what it is, my heart's not all the way aligned with the Lord. My family's not all the way aligned. I got to start with Scripture. And I got to make sure that my life lines up with what God says. And so here's the first question I want to give you today as you take some notes. Does my life look like what God says? Does my life look like what God says? So what I have to first do is understand, well, what does God say? Right? What is God telling me that my life needs to look like? I believe that you can look into this book and you can base all of your life on this. And you can look at this book and, and, it, and it's critical. It's critical for you and I to view God's book because God's commands are his expression of love to you and I. God's commands are his expressions of his love. I think God's word, you can take God's word and you can read it and you can see it and you can hear it and you can feel it and you can say, okay, my life is, is not, something's a little bit off and, and here's, here's might be the step that God's calling me to. I think God's word is powerful like that. He doesn't want our lives to be fooled and messed up by, by foolish choices. So he gives us this life manual. Think about it like this. You know, we, we, we hear a lot about war today, right? And, and we open up the uh, newspaper, look online, whatever, there's, there's war. Go to one of these war-torn countries and think that you're there. You're standing in one of these war-torn countries, and between you and freedom is a field. And all you have to do is get through this field, but this field is full of landmines. And so the, the way that you get out of this war, this battle, is you have to get through this field of landmines. But luckily, there's a guy standing right next to you who knows where every landmine is. He knows where to walk and where not to. He knows where they're put, where they're not. Now, how many of you standing there would look at this guy and say, you know what, I don't really like people telling me what to do, so I'm just going to figure this out on my own. You know what, man, I've, I've kind of done things my way my whole life, so I don't, I don't really need your help. I'll just, I'll just figure it out. No, we're not doing that. That's stupid, right? We're not doing that. We're going to say, okay, you got to tell me where to walk. And if he says walk there, you take a step and you walk. Don't step over there. I'm not going to step over there, right? That's what God's word is for you and I. That's the purpose of God's word for you and I, to receive life, to have it more abundantly for his, his expression of love for you and I. It's not so that you have all these restricting things. No, it's so we don't step on the landmines of life and, and, and get off. And so we got to get to this place. we got to get to this place where we know and we believe and we understand that his will for me is always what's best. His will for me is always what's best. And I pray deeply, I pray a lot that, that I will always be willing to listen to God's will over what Bobby wants, over what I think is best. And so all of this is a process, right? All of this, uh, we're all on different journeys. We're all in a process. And we don't get to here, we don't, we don't get to this on day one, this level of, of love and faith. This is a process of what the Bible says, becoming a disciple of Christ. A disciple is someone who is uh, the, the kind of the definition that, that we see a lot um, in the Bible is a learner. 
The word disciple literally means a learner. But I think it's a little bit more than just a learner. Here's the definition I want you to to think about and kind of filter everything to today. Biblical disciples follow Jesus in a way that shapes their worldview, their identity, and their way of life. Biblical disciples follow Jesus in a way that shapes their worldview, their identity, and their way of life. And so today, uh, the, the, really the question is, okay, well, how do I get there? How, how do I become that person? How do I know if I am there? Like, am, am I a disciple? Am I doing a good job? What's, what's going on? How, what, what is a, a disciple who is a part of the body of Christ, what does that look like? What do I strive after in my life? Now, I want to make this very clear. Notice that I said strive after, right? This isn't about perfection. I'm not giving you a list today that do these, you know, 10 steps to a, a great life. That's not what this is, right? We're striving after becoming a disciple of Christ. Perfection is not in the cards for us. Perfection is for Jesus, okay? Perfection is not for you and I. We're striving after these things. So today, I want to give you real quick four marks of a disciple, Four marks of a disciple. When we're growing in these areas, these are areas that I'm striving to see in my life. Then I know that that I'm following God's will. His design is what's best for me. I'm striving. Maybe something seems off. Maybe one of these four things today can help you get back on track. Four marks of a disciple. Number one, number one, a healthy family. A healthy family. Now, there's really two parts of this. The first part of this is my personal family. The family unit was created by God. Go all the way back to Genesis. You can read some of the first passages of the Bible. The Bible says that uh, uh, it was not good for man to be alone. So he created woman. They united in marriage. He told them, be fruitful and multiply. That means we have kids. Throughout the pages of the Bible, family is illustrated all throughout the Bible. God is what? God is our father. Jesus is his son. We are his sons and daughters. Think about this. Our our, our fellow believers in the body of Christ are what? They're our brothers and sisters. The family is all illustrated all throughout the Bible. And we see the family is the the multi-generational plan for our world. And we say this a lot around here. The family is the most important important institution in the world that your family my family family is the most important institution in the world now I get it we all have different filters we look through this right some of us are married and we have kids some of us are married and we don't have kids some of us are single some of us are widows some of us are our brothers sisters grandparents aunts uncles we all have a different filter that we see family through but every single one of us in here can strive for a healthy family a healthy personal family family. I want to look at just one scripture this morning. There was a, one of the best leaders in all the Bible. His name was Joshua. And Joshua was the disciple of God. He was a faithful servant. He was the leader of many. He was a man's man. He was a warrior. And, and, and men, this is one of the guys that we can all look up to. But Joshua, he's urging these people as a leader of, of this nation. He's saying, listen, it, it, there, there's been some bad things come up and I really need you guys. You got to, don't go to those idols. You know, you got to be faithful to God. And look what he says in Joshua 24. He says, but if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, then you got to choose. You got to choose who you're going to serve. Which will you worship? The gods of your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River, the gods of the Amorites in those land you are living? He's saying, are you going to stay with those those false idols, those gods that you know aren't going to be there for you? And then Joshua says the very famous, as for me and my house, 
As for me and my family, we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. Biblical disciples, we choose who we're going to serve. It's our choice to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We are going to serve God. That's a mark of a disciple. Not only are we going to serve the Lord in our personal family, but the, kind of the second part is my spiritual family. I need to have a healthy family in my personal family, but my spiritual family. And, and here's what I mean by this. We all need people in our corner. We all need people pulling for us. We all need people to have our back. We all need people rowing in the same direction that we are, right? Helping us and praying for us and serving us. And, and, and we all need people. And godly relationships matter. Look at Ecclesiastes verse four or chapter 4, verse 9. The author says this, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. If either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm, but how can one person alone keep warm? Listen to this. If someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. The body of Christ, we are all in this together. We all have different functions, and it is important for you to have a healthy spiritual family. We're able to support one another. We're able to be strong when each other's fallen. We're able to help each other up in those desperate and, and struggle times of need. We're able to, to, to help each other fulfill the calling that God's put on your life. I think through my 20 years of ministry, the best way that I've seen this kind of practically played out the best way that I think people can get involved in godly, healthy, spiritual community is through small groups. Small groups is, is a place where you can get around people in the same season of life who, who are striving after Jesus just like you are. And, and gather together and pray and learn and grow and challenge and love and laugh and do all those things together. Kind of our definition here of City Hope. Small groups exist as a way for people to engage in biblical community that helps them become more like Jesus in every area of their life. When Jesus was walking the earth, when Jesus had a ministry, he showed us that he had 12 disciples to be his primary community. Those were his uh, 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 primary relationships in his life. He didn't, he didn't need those guys, right? He didn't need them, but I think he was doing that to help you and I see how much we need to value strong, godly community and people around us. So mark of a disciple, number one, is a healthy family. Number two, number two is being one-focused. One-focused. One of our goals as a disciple should be that we are discipling other people. We are teaching other people how to love and serve and obey Jesus. One of Jesus' commands that, that pretty much every church in the world goes to called the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the ends of the earth. In other words, go invest your life to end other people. Once you become a follower of Christ, once you take that step in your journey, go share with others how they can become a follower of Christ. Be an example to the world around you. And I love that Jesus didn't just tell us to do this. Like he preached to thousands, right? He preached to many. He walked with dozens of people. But over and over and over, we read stories how Jesus impacted one. The woman at the well. The woman caught in adultery. 
Zacchaeus up in the tree. He ministered to one. He was one focused constantly. And the Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven over one. Sometimes we don't think one is a big deal. But, but Luke 15, 7 says, I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. They're throwing a party in heaven over one person who comes to Jesus. And so you and I, as a disciple of Christ, how do I know if I'm doing a good job? Something feels off. Well, am I fulfilling the Great Commission? Am I one focused? And here's the question that I want you to think about. Is there someone in my life that is close to me but far from God? Is there anyone in my life that is close to me but far from God? If, there, if you can answer that clearly, yes, then you're living out being one focus. This is someone that you're trying to disciple. You're loving them. You're building a relationship. You're praying for them. You're helping them along the way. The Bible says they're throwing a party in heaven when even one person comes. So the mark, number two, is to be one focus. Number three, number three, pursuing Christ. Pursuing Christ. Let me ask you guys a question. How many of you guys grew up playing the good old game hide and seek? Anybody play some hide-and-seek when you were young? A little bit, okay. Uh, we had some friends from Tennessee come in town a few weeks ago, and all of them, there's four of them and three of my girls, and there's seven of them, and they're all dressing blacked out, right, black everything. They're going outside to play hide-and-seek, and, and they come, you know, running in and out of the house, trying to catch each other. It was just a fun night. Well, I think it was Sissy. I think Sissy came in, and she's like, Dad, have you seen Marley? And I'm like, no, you know, and I really hadn't. Um, <clears throat> And so it felt like an hour went by, and finally Marley walks in the front door. And everybody's like, Marley, where have you been? What are, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I had the best hiding spot ever. I had the best hiding spot ever. She takes me outside, and we walk outside, and, and we got a flashlight. It's pitch black. It's pitch black. And she goes over to, we got, a, we got a tree in the front yard, and she starts shining the light up in the tree. And she's like, Dad, you see that branch way up there? I was on that branch. I was laying there. Nobody saw me, Dad. And, you know, I was torn, right? I was like, let's go, Mars. Yeah, she's 11. I'm like, that's amazing. You're crazy. That's awesome. And then, you know, like the, the you know, I have to be. Like, that's dangerous. Like, you shouldn't be climbing up there. And, and she said, Dad, it was the best spot ever. You know, we're high-fiving, and she thinks she's the greatest hide-and-seek player in the world. But I started thinking about that this week. And, and, and as we talk about pursuing God, right? We're playing hide and seek and we're pursuing the, the people that are hiding. Pursuing God is kind of like playing a game of hide and seek that God always lets you win. He always lets you find him. When I seek the Lord and I, and, and I get down on my knees and I pray and I seek the Lord, the Bible says those who seek him will find him. And, and, and when we pursue Christ, when we look to him, we're able to find him. And listen to what Paul, Paul is one of the, the greatest missionaries in all the Bible. And he's writing to the church of, of Colossae here. And look what he says in Colossians chapter 2. He says, I want their hearts to be encouraged, joined together in love. And then listen to this. So that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery. So there's this mystery of God. What is the mystery of God? And Paul says, I want you guys to get it. And then he gives them the answer. The mystery of God is his son, Jesus. His son, Jesus. And then look at verse 3. Here's where you need to see this. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I don't care who you are in this world. Isn't that something we all want, wisdom and knowledge? 
And that's something that we all would, man, if I could just have a little bit more wisdom and knowledge, if I could have known this, if I could have done that, I wish I, wish I could have done this. And the mystery of God, Paul says, is Jesus. And so when I pursue Jesus, when I seek Jesus, what do I get? The treasure of seeking Jesus is wisdom and knowledge. When I pursue Christ, that's what, that's what pursuing means. I'm going after Jesus. Think about any leader that you look up to. Maybe you're a business person and you got, you got leaders in, uh, in your industry or, 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 or church leaders or whatever kind of leader. People who, who are, are leaders that are destined to be leaders. It doesn't just happen, right? It's not just happenstance. It's not just coincidence. The greatest leaders who ever walked this earth, whether we're reading about them in the Bible or they, they have nothing to do with God, they, they did it through intentional growth, right? They had discipline in their life. They showed how serious they were. And they, you, you hear stories all the time. You know, I worked, I worked 20 hours a day. I got up at 4 a.m. and I did this. And you hear all these different stories. But it was through discipline that they, were, that they became who, who they wanted to be and who they were called to be. And I want you to hear this as we're talking about pursuing Christ. And this is hard. This is hard teaching. And this makes people not come back the next week. All right? I'm going to be honest with you. This makes a lot of church people or a lot of people who don't go to church, it makes you a little uneasy. It takes spiritual discipline to pursue Christ. It takes discipline in my life. If I want to run a marathon, it takes discipline. Right? If, if I want to lose weight, I can't eat all my kids' Halloween candy. Right, Rich? I can't eat all the candy. If I, if I want to do anything in life, it takes discipline. It takes spiritual discipline to pursue Christ. Discipline is this. It's defined as this. Training expected to produce a specific character, pattern, or behavior. Discipline is training that is expected to produce a, a character, a pattern of behavior. Now, let's be honest for a minute. No matter who you are, discipline is not a part of the sin nature that we all have. It's not something that we enjoy. It's not something, maybe for a season we like it, but discipline is something that's tough. It's against our instincts, right? For me to deny myself of something that I want, I want this. I want to eat this. I don't want to do this. I want to watch this. I want to go here. I don't want to go there. For me to deny myself of something that I don't want to do is very difficult. It is a hard thing. It takes discipline. But there is, a, there is a, 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 an understanding that spiritual discipline, it takes spiritual discipline to pursue Christ. So very quickly, I want to give you five quick spiritual disciplines of a disciple. These are going to go fast. Five spiritual disciplines of a disciple. Number one, you got to study scripture. You got to study scripture. Matthew 4 4, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We got to study scripture. Number two, prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. First Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. There's no stopping. They're, they're, that we, we pray and we pray and we pray, and then when we feel like we get an answer, we pray some more. Pray and fasting. Number three, community community. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Listen to this. To the fellowship. This is the first church that Paul's talking about. The first church ever created. They devoted themselves. Listen to what he says. They devoted themselves, all of them together, the body of Christ, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. They came together. They hung out. They had a great time. They ate a meal. Praise God. And then they, they, they prayed together. There was community. Number uh, four, worship. Worship. 
every day, the Bible says, they devoted themselves. Listen to this. What if we started having church every day? They devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. They broke bread from house to house. We're coming to your house for lunch, all right? They ate food with joyful and sincere hearts. Listen to this. Praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And every day the Lord had added to their number to those being saved. So number four, five disciplines of a disciple. Number four is worship. And then finally, number five is giving. Giving. The Bible says so much. I, I, I heard a stat, I think it's the, either the second or third most talked about subject in the Bible is giving and finances and money. The Bible says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth. I, I, I want to stop right there. It goes on to talk about with the first fruits, and we can talk about tenth and all this stuff. But, but I think a spiritual discipline for you and I is honoring God with what he's given me. Is our finances honoring God? Then I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing Christ. I'm having a spiritual discipline. Pursuing Christ comes by intentional living. Disciples show discipline in their pursuit. Finally, last one, we're done. The last mark is this, one who is engaged in community. Engaged in community. And if you want to, again, if you're taking notes, maybe out to the side of this, it's, it's service and sacrifice. Service and sacrifice. When Jesus came into the world, it was for a purpose. The Bible says that Jesus stepped into the world for one reason, to seek and to save those who were lost. To seek and to save those who were lost. And, and the, the Pharisees were these guys who thought they had it all figured out. And they were, they were spiritually fat and they knew all the answers. And Jesus told them this story about the good Samaritan. Many of you probably heard that story before. And he's sharing this, this parable. He's sharing this story so that they would understand this is what you need to do. You need to go and do the same thing. Engage the hurting and broken in your community. There's people all around you that need someone to love them, that need someone to sacrifice. Jesus was on a mission to make heaven crowded. He modeled this everywhere he went. He ministered to people. And we cannot live in our spiritual bubble. We cannot be a fully developed disciple of Christ if we don't care about people. Right? We can't sit around and get spiritually fat and have all this knowledge without going and doing the things that Jesus called us to do. A good measure of your spiritual growth is, is, is asking yourself this, this question, what's the depth of concern for other people? What's my depth of concern for others? Our attention our attention gets turned away from myself and it turns on to others and I want to serve and I want to love and I want to make a difference. Look what Jesus told his followers. He says, you're the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. It gives light for all those who are in the house. Listen to this. This is what he's telling his disciples. He's telling this to you and I, the church. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Disciples are given the noble task of shining bright the light so that God can be seen, so he can be heard, so he can be felt, so he can be praised, so he can be glorified, even by those who don't know him. Uh, the great theologian Rihanna said it best. Shine bright like a diamond. You like that, Em? Was that good? 
is a dad joke. You're the light of the world. I know we've covered a ton today, and I'm going to ask Pastor Brad to come on back up. Kind of rolled through this. And again, I started with this, this idea, and, and this whole series is, is with this idea. It's like, wait, 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 you're talking to me? Me? And today, is, as we go through these disciplines, as we go through these marks of a disciple, I want you to just, just go ahead and make this, make this understanding that, that yes, you, yes, you, God is talking to you. This word is for you. And maybe you understand all this today, and, or, or maybe you're just a little confused, but what it really comes down to is, is everything that God gives us, everything that he tells us, it really kind of comes down to two commandments. It really kind of comes down to two. And he says, I want you to love me to the best of your ability. And I want you to love people to the best of your ability. And that's what this is all about. This isn't a list for you and I to say, to say yeah, look at me. I'm a, I'm a varsity Christian. I'm good at this. Right? I, I do all these things. We've laid out these marks of a disciple, not as a, a to-do list, but as a gauge for you to go, where am I at on my spiritual journey? What steps of growth do I need to take? Here's some goals for me to, to shoot after. What discipline steps do I need to, to, to begin to have in my life? What can I do? How can I begin striving after God right now? The marks of a disciple. Throw these up one more time. Go ahead and put all four of them up there. Healthy family, my personal, my spiritual family. I'm one focus, somebody that's close to me but far from God. I'm pursuing Christ. I'm having discipline in my pursuit of Christ. I'm gauged in my community. I'm serving, I'm sacrificing, I'm shining my light. I want to ask you too, right now in this moment, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm not done yet, but I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and I want to just give you an opportunity just to, just to kind of be alone in this room full of people. As you bow your head, as you close your eyes, maybe you're here this morning and you feel like something's off. The Bible says that we all have a function in the body of Christ. We're different, and we all have a function. And maybe right now your function is off. Would you just pray that God would reveal to you, God, what, what's off? What's the step I need to take? How do I get back to you? Maybe it's a family thing. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a thing where I'm just so focused on myself. I don't, I don't talk to anybody about Jesus. Maybe my spiritual disciplines are in the dumpster. Maybe, maybe I, don't, I don't serve anybody. I'm all about myself. I'm not in the community. I'm not making a difference. And there's something off. God, what's off? With heads bowed and eyes closed, listen to me today, church. We're going to walk out of here in a minute. It's man, a beautiful day. We're going to have a great day. Praising God for, for this. I'm praying that you have a great week. But right now, maybe the thing that's off for you in your life is you know without any doubt the thing that's off is you don't have a relationship with God. You don't have a personal walk with God. 
And, and, and let me just tell you, nothing we talked about today, the mark of a disciple, step one is having a relationship with Jesus. None of this other stuff is going to matter unless you get, it's always going to feel off. The function's not going to feel right until you get that step right. You can take that step today. And listen, churches all over America do this different ways, and we, we've tried a hundred different ways. And so today, I'm just going to say this, the ball's in your court. The ball's in your court. If you feel like something's off and you don't have a relationship with Christ, before you leave this room today, walk up here. I'll be standing up here. Say, Pastor Bobby, I need to take that step. Pastor Stephen, can you show me how to take that step? The ball's in your court. Maybe you're here today and you have a relationship with Christ, but you feel like something's off. Man, there's a lot of days when I get this like this. What step of discipleship is God calling you today? As we look at this, this list, this is an exhaustive list. This is just some, some of the marks that we believe here at City Hope Church. If, if we're doing these four things, man, we're striving after Jesus. What's God calling? Maybe it's, maybe it's praying with your spouse. We got to get back on the same page. Maybe it's gathering the family around and apologizing and, and getting on the, right set, on, on the right track. Maybe it's making a phone call and telling somebody you love them. What step of discipleship is God calling you to today? What function are, is off in your life? The ball's in your court. If you need to make a decision, you need to talk to somebody. We have a tent out back. We have our pastors here. Whatever you need, we're here. We're prepared. We've been praying for you. Take a step today. Take a step today. Start fresh today. Let's get on the, the journey back to becoming a disciple of Christ. Father, I love you. And I'm so thankful that when we do fall, your hand's always out ready to pick us up. Lord, when we know that something's off, you're not standing there pointing a finger at us. You're there with your arms open saying, come on, I got you. And Lord, I pray that those that are in this room that don't have that personal relationship with you would take that step today. Change hearts and change lives today. Put us on a new journey. Help us to realize you're that, you're that guy trying to help us across the, the minefield. But help us to be humble. Give up whatever pride that's holding us back so that we can function the way you've designed us to with purpose. We can make a difference in this world today. It's in Jesus' precious and holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. One last thing, I'm gonna ask Pastor Stephen to come here in just a second to give you an announcement. This kind of thought has been on my mind all week this week. And today we've, we've talked about a lot, man. There's a lot of notes and a lot of slides and a lot of things to write down. But I just wanna say these, these couple things. Wherever you're at on your journey, I believe this with all of my heart, God believes in you. God believes in you. You're here for a reason. He believes in you. But let me say this. This is something you may not have never heard in your life. The devil believes in you too. 
That's why some of you are going through some really hard things because he knows. And if I can, if, if they get on fire for the Lord, if they become a disciple, they're going to do some big things. The devil believes you can make a difference, and that's why he's fighting you so hard. Say, God, I want to I wanna make a difference. God believes in you, and we do too. I believe in you. I don't even know you, most of you. <laughs> but I believe God can do something great through his body, the body of Christ. Love you guys. Pastor Stephen, come give us some announcements for this week. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.